Hey guys, welcome to the OSL Podcast. Uh, a few days ago, I got the chance to sit down with our outgoing student pastor, Pastor Joseph Kellogg, as he was transitioning out of Oaks Youth. And uh, it was a great conversation about transitions and um, how to go about them in the most effective way, how to exit a ministry, um, keeping your reputation intact, and just uh, making for a very healthy process of transition. And those of you who know Pastor Joseph, you know that uh, he's been an incredible pastor here on staff at Oaks Church for, let's see, going on nine years now. And he not only has been a great youth pastor, but he's been a phenomenal uh, uh, speaker, conference speaker as well, all around the country. And he's going to be leaving us soon. But um, in fact, he's already officially transitioned out. But I don't think his family moves uh, moves out of the area maybe for another three or four weeks or so. But he's headed up to People's Church in Oklahoma City um, to work for Pastor Herbert Cooper and Scotty Gibbons, um, both names that are both very familiar to us here at OSL. So anyway, without further ado, this is a great conversation I had with Pastor Joseph. Please. Welcome, Joseph. What's up, buddy? I'm excited. I feel like there should be like, like an applause that should have happened. Like, you're going to add that in later. Yeah, I'll punch a bu- button maybe and put that in there. <laughs> There's a lot of people here, folks. That's right. Man, <laughs> no, I'm excited to, to have a conversation just about life and leadership. Uh, Brian, and, and thank you for letting me hang out with you today. Yeah, thanks for taking some time. The first thing I wanted to just I wanted to just say was that, um, um, you know, your transition has been an interesting one, and I did I do want to spend some time talking about transitions because yeah. it's something I'm I'm really curious about, and I think a lot of people there's not much out there in terms of you know showing people how to exit and enter a new place. A lot more about entering a new place probably, but but even in terms of that, not so much. But but how to exit a ministry effectively. But the but before I got to that, I just wanted to tell you how much you mean to us here in OSL. Um, when I first got here, you know, there, there was kind of a, a kind of a somewhat of a feeling, I'm going to be vulnerable here just for a second, somewhat of a feeling of who really champions this and, and who kind of doesn't. And, um, you taught me a lot about championing, championing, if that's the word, yeah. championing your opportunity, because I've never seen anyone do it better than you. And I don't think it's about you bragging about yourself or your ministry or anything. It's about, you no, know, God's given me a great opportunity and you showcase it. And it's taught me a lot about that. You know, not to be bashful about the position that God's put you in, but yeah. to really embrace it and and take take a certain amount of it's 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 humility, but it's also a certain amount of of I was gonna say pride, but I mean maybe that's the word, but in in man, God's given me a, a unique opportunity here. I need to make the most of it. So thank you for that, and thank you for investing into, I don't know how many countless OSL students, their lives, hours and hours and hours, and there's a lot of fruit that we're never even going to be able to measure that's yeah. come from that. So I appreciate that. Thanks so much. And thanks, Brian. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think it's uh, the transition thing's been unique. I've had a lot of people, because we've been so public about it, and you know, in the last couple of weeks, and just the handoff that we've had here, I've actually had a lot of phone calls and conversations with people, because I think that it's sometimes never spoken about or it's never seen. And so um, I'm looking forward to talking about that with you today. And then man, I, I appreciate, and it's, it really has been an honor to serve 
this house and OSL people, you know, I say this all the time, but I, I was so excited about coming to the Oaks in 2010 because of OSL because for years, you know, I, I was a youth pastor for nine years before coming here and, and, uh, and I was like, man, I'm sending some of my best students away to, to great schools like OSL. And I'm like, now they're coming to me. And so really saw as a stewardship opportunity, um, you know, and responsibility to, to man, do the best we can with people's sons and daughters and some of the, some of the best students and these different youth ministries and churches that they're coming here to train. Hopefully we get to send them out maybe back to their home church, but yeah. to send them out, you know, all over. And, and, um, man, I just, I'm thankful for the season that we've been in. And we just always talk about embrace that season. I don't want to, you know, and God, if I'm faithful in this season and, and like you were saying, man, I see, see this as an opportunity and champion everything about this moment that I have, then the rest of the stuff's going to take care of itself. And, and as I'm faithful here, as Pastor Scott says all the time, yeah, we'll be fruitful. Yeah, don't so. you don't you have like a list of how many students that have been in your internship yeah. or something? Didn't you have something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's so funny because we call it um, we call it the legacy number because really it's the idea that your legacy is is really about like who you leave behind. And, um, and so at 18 years of youth ministry, it's around like 60, I'm going to have it on my phone. But it's around like 60 something, man, former students, interns and, um, and leaders. So people that even volunteered with us ended up going to ministry. But I think here at Oaks church, um, it's around 45 or so former students and OSL interns. They're, wow. they're out in full-time vocational ministry. I think there's a lot of incredible people that even came through as students and OSL students that they might not be planted in a church, but they're a part of a business that's kingdom minded and, and different things like that. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And one of my favorite things, Brian is, is, you know, seeing their stories on social media and what God's doing in their life. Yeah. And you, that's the cool thing about legacy and investing in, you know, these, these students that come here is you get to be a part of their life as long as you want to. You yeah. get to see God work in them and to see the growth in them. And uh, it really is. It's so much. And the word I use is fun. It's so much fun to just see it, um, you know, from afar and know that you got to be, you know, a small part of it while they were here. Well, and I see you engaging, engaging with students that have been here. They've been gone, you know, three or four years. Like, I think I saw you engage with Will Perry on social media. He's been the youth pastor four plus years and you're, you're chiming in on some, some post he had or something like that. And, that's cool because you got a relationship yet you're probably gonna, you know, you pour into that relationship. I'm sure the next 10, 20 years. It's amazing. Yeah, I think I, I think and like I said, I think it goes both ways. It's it's they have to want it too and yeah. connect with that. But I, I try my best to, you know, if I know something big's coming up for a student, uh you know, student a former student that's you know that came through OSL, you know, say a Logan Howard is he's, he's leading into a big Wednesday night, man, I'm gonna be texting him and and you know, cheering him on and um, you know, man, that's just kind of, to me, it's, it's the role of a spiritual father is that's, that's what you do in the same way you text your kids, Hey man, praying for you as your big test is coming up or before your game, it's to, it's to celebrate them. Cause we, we don't get the opportunity to go to the event, yeah. you know, but, uh, but those are big mile marker moments in, in, in these guys' lives. And so to know that, man, that you just took the time to shoot him a text, um, it's, it's pretty cool. And I've got to see this, what's been fun, Brian is during the last two weeks since we went public with our transition, um, just bombarded by posts on Facebook and, yeah. and Instagram and all the texts and, and DMs. And you find yourself, it's, you know, 
it gets returned back to you in certain seasons in your life as well. And that's not why you do it. Yeah. But you find yourself going, man, I'm, I'm, I want to cheer people on in the same way. I hope that they cheer me on in life too. That's good. So talked a little bit, uh, you know, I've, here, here's the, here's the deal. Like I've, I've seen transitions just go south quick. And even, even people that have got good reputations and they've done a good job. It's just not a lot of out there about, you know, here's how you leave a place well. And then every, since you, I, I know that you spent some time talking with our senior pastor, which, and our executive pastor, um, when you were contemplating all this and praying through it, which that in and of itself says there, there's some kind of a trust there because how many people tell their bosses that, hey, I'm starting to feel you know, that maybe there's a transition and to, and to trust that. So I do, I do want to ask you about that in just a second. But I just, you know, there's just not much out there about it. First, so the first place I want to go is what, when you were contemplating all this, and it's been a few months, right? Yeah. So how did you know how to do, go about this? Because I'm blown away by how successful this transition has been. You know, I, I've, I've been asked that question a couple times now. Um, I think first is I've got to see Scott, Pastor Scott, the lead pastor here at Oaks Church. I've got to see him um, lead open-handed. And, and what we say in that is that he always says that, hey, you're not mine. Um, and I, I get to be a steward of you while you're here. You know, because there's certain leaders and, and we know them and, and I've, I've worked with some along the years and I've had friends work with the leaders that kind of go, you know, hey, if you, if you feel like God's leading you somewhere else, you're being disloyal. But in the Lord, man, our loyalty is to Christ. Our obedience is to the Lord. And Scott understands that. And it, it's so unique, just the wisdom that Scott has. To think about, he's been here 30 years. Yeah, He's actually himself <laughs> has never walked through transition himself. Yeah. Now he's, he's transitioned into new assignments over the years. But to think about a pastor that hasn't felt that, but has led it so effectively is, is kind of... Um, very mind blowing in itself to, for for a guy to to live and, and lead the way he has. So I think that's the first thing is along the way. You know, Scott said that early on to me is like, hey, you know, and he said it to everyone from time to time is like, man, if God's speaking to you, man, come talk to us. Let's yeah. talk about it, and we'll walk you through it. And so actually, in the last nine years, got to see it modeled through a couple of staff members. And so I was like, okay, and I even tested it early on. I got a phone call from a church, and and. It's the way church, you know, the people listen to the podcast. It's the way church life works. I say a lot of times it's like sports. If you're doing a good job, people want you on your team. And, yeah. and uh, so I got a phone call early on and, and uh, great church. I'm talking successful church. And, and, uh, and, you know, there's, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, man, would you be interested in? And, and I just told him, and I'd only been here maybe a year and a half and just said, hey, I, man, I'm really excited and planted where I'm at right now. And this is where God wants us to be. And so. But I had a moment right there that I didn't have to tell anybody. I could have just kept going about my business. But mm -hmm. I, I kind of was like, you know what? I'm going to, Scott and Mark had both said to tell them. So I went to Mark and actually said, hey, um, man, I got this phone call. Just letting you know. I told him, you know, man, I, I'm supposed to be here. Just letting you know. Yeah. So that was kind of like a testing the waters that, man, really, you're saying this because we've all been around leaders like they say something, but man, in the heat of the battle, right. their actions look different. Right. And, and all of us have done that, you know? And, and uh, it's like as a parent, you're like, I'll never do that. And then you find yourself doing it. And you're like, ah, um, but it's one of those things of 
Mark was like, thanks for telling us, you know, and he called Scott. Scott called me and it was so funny because I got to hear him echo is he talked to me on the phone. He's like, hey, you know, he was kind of joking, like, hey, Pastor, I'm glad you're staying. And I was like, no, man, I'm, I'm here. And he just said, hey, again, just know that you're not mine. This, you know, my office isn't mine. This church, man, this is God's. I'm just being a steward of it. And so what happened is conversations like that over the years allowed me when I had that stirring in my heart to go to them and just go, hey, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But I trust you as as the father of this house and a spiritual father of my life and the leader, the lead follower, as Scott would say, um, of this house. I trust you with this. So as we just begin to talk, I didn't have a next step. Yeah. You know, and we look at it, it's a lot like like people in scripture. It, it really is like, hey, I just know something's just um well, yeah, you weren't getting a promotion. Oh no, it was you didn't even know. Didn't 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 know, and so I just you know in really in, in you know in November, um, you know I, I go you know November uh, you know whatever it's 2019 now, so November 2018, you know I go to Scott and Mark and just you know fill this. We pray about it, and actually, Brian, what's crazy? I went a month that I actually came back to Scott in December and was like, hey, maybe I missed it. Maybe maybe you know really maybe it was bad pizza. Maybe maybe I didn't really. Uh, because what happened, I, I was getting into the mode of planning 2019. And to be honest with you, to, to just speak of OSL, we have a really great class this year. Yeah. And again, I use football as, as, as kind of framework sometimes. It's like a coach that has a really great class. Why am I going to leave when I have such a good class that's going to help us continue to reach students and, and impact this community over the next few years? And so I start kind of, as I'm planning in the future and I'm looking at, at our current team, I'm like, why? This is the worst time to leave. Everything's great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just have been in a building, brand new building for the last year. And, and, uh, I just learned that sometimes faith doesn't make sense. Mm. And, um, that's why it's called faith. And, and so I, I went to Scott in December. Hey, maybe I missed it. And he's like, you know what? I, I think God's in this. And again, we have a, a, an amazing pastor. And he's like, man, I love you. I man, I like, dude, I, I would want you here, but right. man, we, again, we honor obedience over longevity. Yeah. And so, um, so then we started, you know, just praying and, and I come in January, I know I'm giving you kind of some of the details, but come in January, I, I got to present the Scott and Mark again, because we have that relationship and, and they trust me as well. Got to present them kind of a transition plan, um, that said, Hey, you know, this is, if we hire, you know, at the time, my associate, um, this is what the, the plan would look like. And then, then if we would hire to be determined or to be announced, this is what that would look like presented that to them. They, they made some tweaks on it because ultimately I was going to stay through my kids, you know, um, finishing school if Scott allowed and, and Mark allowed. And I told them, Hey, I'm going to keep driving. If you feel like I take my foot off the gas, man, dude, I'll, I'll transition out as soon as you want me to, yeah. but, but really just tried to honor them. But anyway, they went with the, the plan. And so, um, even at that point, when I presented that, I still didn't know it was next for me mm -hmm. and, uh, just trusting God. And what's, what's crazy. Pastor Brian is this is, Sometimes in transition, we sometimes need to get out of the way. Um, yes, God has a plan for me. But sometimes we need to get out of the way because there's been about four different promotions and transitions that have happened just because I've stepped out. Mm. And so what if I was actually in the way yeah. of what God was wanting to do in others? Yeah. And, and so many times I think leaders stay too long um, or, or they don't stay long enough. And so we have to constantly be considering what the spirit is speaking and his voice has to be louder than anything else. And it's just beautiful that we get to be at a church that we can actually talk about the spirits leading and be in a safe environment with no fear 
and have a pastor walk us through that. And so, um, so that's anyway, I just gave you kind of a, a long story there, but, but that's kind of how we got there. And, and, you know, when the gray started lifting, I, I tell people, it's kind of like when the brake pads on your car go out and just things start rubbing and you're like, why is this rubbing? It shouldn't be rubbing. And ultimately it's because the grace is lifting and you start having to examine and you know, what, what, what do I need to do next? And it was just awesome. I could go to my leadership and just say, Hey, this is where I'm at. And they helped me walk through that as well. So, yeah. So that some of that came out of you, when you talk about things rubbing together and the grace lifting, that's, are you, are you talking about frustrations or just an uneasiness in your, in your spirit about, or is it is it you and Corby in prayer? I mean, how, talk us through that. What does that feel yeah, like? Yeah, I, I think I think it actually it, it does sometimes. It's it's sometimes frustrations. I I say it like this: is things that are frustrating you now didn't frustrate you a year ago. And okay. So you're like your patience is. You're like, okay. wait a second. Like, why is this a big deal now? And so you start stepping back and going, man, why? Like, I never want to be. Um, a cancer to culture. I always want to be a champion of culture in whatever house I'm in. And so when that frustration starts happening and you know, this ministry, sometimes you have some bumps along the road and anytime you're under leadership, you go, well, maybe I would do it different or, or why they do that. That's just being it to me. Pastor Mark, our executive pastor here says leaders lead. So left alone, we're going to lead no matter what. And so I think some of that friction was happening. So that I believe that friction is from this. I think God was already speaking. Hmm. Yeah but I kept grinding. The friction, I think, is the second. I think I think the friction and the tension, it's the second indicator that the grace is lifted. Interesting. Yeah. I believe God's voice is the first indicator, yeah, but I think that we look at it and start going, ah, God, everything's like, to me, man, team's good. Ministry's growing. We have massive impact. I'm talking, we were, we were bumping up into the 500s in attendance, and, and I'm getting opportunity, and, Man, we have this unbelievable building. There's LED screens, and 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 I still, dude, unbelievable team that we get to work with. Some of the best uh, in class when it comes to who we are at the Oaks. But as the Lord starts speaking, you start going, God, is that really you? Like, because it doesn't make sense again. Because sometimes faith doesn't make sense to us. And so I think there was this. To be honest with you, I would say um, maybe around even May, I think there was something starting to stir in me. Um, I just, yeah. I, I just kind of, hey, I'll just keep working harder. I'll just keep, I'll just keep grinding. And then what happened? The second indicator was when things started frustrating me that used to not frustrate me. But then you still have a decision because I think a lot of people will just keep going. But again, what happens when those brake pads, when they, when they, when you, you know, it's there's no more. It starts every time you press the brakes, it starts screeching, and you hear it, and then other people start hearing it. And so it's like, man, I don't want to be that because that doesn't bring glory to to God in this house and and bring honor. And so I think that was when I I went to leadership and said, hey, um, man, I think I think something's going on. Yeah. But then even I had a decision then. I think where you're even saying where a lot of where a lot of transitions don't happen, maybe the the way we want them to have happen is because sometimes even when you go to leadership, then leadership's just like, man, if you feel like there's this tension, then you need to go. But I think because I had so many conversations, we went in there um, with with a heart of honor and said, and we had to make the decision, I have to leave these frustrations that I have and know, hey, that frustration's there because the grace isn't there. It has nothing to do with organization. 
Yeah. It has nothing to do with leadership. It's it's about me, actually. Yeah. The grace is lifted, so there's frustration there. Then I decide, hey, again, I don't have to go spread why that frustration's there. I actually, to be honest with you, it's crazy, Brian. I've I've become a bigger champion of this church more than ever before as I leave because you start being reflective mm-hmm. and you start seeing how amazing is this. And again, I've had moments over the last even few weeks where I'm going, why am I leaving? Yeah. This place is awesome. But then you just go, but God said, yeah. and man, I'm going to, I'm going to walk in obedience to, to his voice. And that's what matters most. And, and so it's just been, it's been a, I, the word I've been using to describe it is it's been beautiful. It's been a beautiful process. And I think, I think a lot of that has to do with the blessings of the father of the house. Speaking to pastor Scott, yeah. um, I can be a good son, but if I don't have the blessings of the father, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I think that's what's made it great. And I hope to say that I've worked extremely hard to lead well in this season. And again, this is an OSL podcast. Every one of these students are watching this. And I understand, I understood years ago as a pastor here at Oaks Church, because we have internships, every day is a classroom. Yeah. I don't, they don't have to sit in rows to be in a classroom. Every single day is a classroom. Everything I say, everything I post. Every interaction I have, students are watching me because they're in a season, a season of learning, and in which we all are, but they're very intentional in their learning right now. And so I just I I told Scott that you know Pastor Scott's like I'm going to do everything I can to finish strong, and I know along the way that, that this will be a model for others, and uh, and it's been so cool to get to talk to our students yeah. about what this looks like because they're going to walk through it. We're all going to yeah. walk through oh, different yeah. transitions. Some are going to be awesome, and and some you know. Um, aren't going to be as awesome, but to try to do our best to give some framework to students has been cool. Yeah. So for those who are listening, who are contemplating and you're thinking about transition and I, you know, I hear students, the students come to me all the time going, I feel, a, I feel something <laughs> pulling me in another direction. And usually it's when things are not great. So you're here, you are transitioning when things are probably as great as they've ever been. Yeah. And you're transitioning up. But I want everybody, so those of you who are listening, who are in that sort of season of transition or, or contemplating it, I want you to hear like very closely what you just said, which I'm, I am learning from. And the first thing I note is that it's God's voice. It's God's word. Yeah. It's, not the, it's not the dynamics of the circumstance or the situation. That's the, that could be the secondary, maybe yeah. confirmation. But the first thing is hearing from the Lord. Oh, 100%. I, I, and I think, I think too, is if, if you're really trying to leave it better than you, you got it, if that makes sense, that whole statement that we all say, yeah, it's, I think God's honored when you leave, when it's great. Cause think about Jesus. He left when, when life was pretty good, the ministry's going, man, they're getting more disciples. People are being healed. Like even, even after resurrection, he could actually go, ha ha, I told you guys. And I'm I'm the risen king. Yeah. And he could have kept going and they could have had a great ministry. But we see it in scripture. He says, better for me to leave. So I think the disciples were going, wait a second. This is this is you finally are. You have the proof that you are who you say you are. This is actually the best time for you to stay. And so we see it all throughout. Um, and I know Moses put himself in his own situation, but even Moses left at a time that didn't make sense. They're on the verge of crossing over um into the promised land. And and so I I think. I think that's why Galatians 6, 9 is so imperative to all of our lives is don't grow tired in doing good at the right time, at the right time, keyword, um, right time is God time. You'll reap a harvest of blessing if you don't quit. And I think even thinking of this 
like age, Gen Z leaders, I think the biggest thing is when it gets hard, they want to bell. Um, and they want to leave. That's not what we're saying. To me, sometimes that's the worst time to transition. Yeah. Um, now, if God's telling you, if his voice is telling you, hey, it's time to walk away, then you need to do it. His voice matters most. But I think sometimes to me, it's that's where I even had to question myself, Brian, was like, man, like I just got to keep grinding away. And But I, I know this. God will give you grace for the, the grind. He'll give you grace for the pace. And when that grace isn't there, um, it's it's time to go. Yeah. Another thing I learned, I think, from what you're saying is that, you know, the, the lines of communication never stopped. So even after the first conversation with Pastor, it, it wasn't like if you thought, well, maybe I missed it, and then you just don't bring it up again because yeah. you're nervous about it. You actually approach him again, and, and you update it, which I think is so important that you don't leave things just hanging. Yeah. Wrap them up, like if, it's, if there's a question about something. Yeah. So that's, I, I think that's solid. That's that's awesome. No, awesome. I, I think, I think, no, for sure. I, I think, I believe in, you know, we say clarity is king all the time. But yeah. You have to, like, clarity is king. So think about a throne. So clarity is the king. So he sits on the throne. And the thing is, is, is like confusion wants to be king because confusion brings chaos. And so clarity and confusion are kind of battling for the throne. It's like any medieval times movie you've seen. It's like, Confusion's the brother that didn't get the crown, and he's yeah. trying to figure out a way to get the crown. And 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 think about that even the spiritual sense that the enemy's wanting confusion because confusion yeah. brings chaos. And so the only way clarity stays king is communication. And so through this, it's us communicating. And then like then when we start communicating the transition plan, like it's dude, so many conversations and emails, texts, face to face. And just so that we wanted to set it up the best way. And if you really think, we've called this an exchange zone, like a relay race, because I'm handing off the baton to, to one of our former OSL students, Andrew Prescott, who's yeah. an unbelievable leader. For that to happen the way it did, and you know, it's track season right now, um, you know, for my kids. Dude, that exchange zone, it's it's actually communication, especially the four by one hundred. You're actually running and and you know, when I grew up, the same thing, you know, you say stick or you say something. And it's that verbal command that tells you to put your hand out. And so the exchange zone, communication is actually more important than any part of the race. Yeah. And so we've just been over-communicating during this season. And and, uh, and, and it really has. And, and it takes both of us, Scott, Pastor Scott and Mark, and then for us, and then how we do it organizationally as a church. There's different people that knew at different different seasons of, of the transition because we had such a long kind of, um, you know, strategy to do it the right way and i think that would be the thing too is unless there's a moral you know issue or there's just a super disloyal culture issue i think don't rush transition yeah like there's there's a period there that, that you need to do it the right way and we've tried our best in our you know at the, at the you know to me in leadership we always say you know it's not the way it's a way this our way of doing transition at this season at the Oaks, this has been awesome because we've actually taken the time to do it. To do it yeah. Right. Yeah. So good. So over these nine years, what do you, what, if you're looking back over the nine years, what do you think was the biggest challenge for you in leading that youth ministry? Yeah, I think, I think I, I, you know, I think the biggest challenge for me is just patience in general. Mm. Um, Cause anything worth growing takes time. 
And I, I think even when I got here, like I said, when I moved here, I'd already had uh, nine years of youth ministry experience and, and success in youth ministry and building youth ministries. So I came in and, and wanted just instant success. And I remember a conversation I had with Scott about, it was Scott and, uh, and Jack Morning that I had a conversation with about six months in. And they could sense that I was frustrated. Really, my frustration was just patience. I just, I wanted it to grow faster. I didn't understand why certain things weren't moving as fast as they should. And, uh, and Scott even said, hey, how long have you been here? And I was like, six months. He's like, now, how long were you at your last church? And I was like, six years. He said, you can't compare six years to six months. Mm, because yeah. I was going, I was like, man, I'm leaving something. I should have the same success. But actually, it's a different house. It's a, a different system. And students are, aren't where they, you know, um, where the last you know group was after six years, and so I think I think the biggest thing you know would be just <laughs> patient with the process is always a challenge, um, and moving that forward. And I think the second one would be, um, you know, a challenge to me anytime, and we've had to do this a few times. Anytime you have to let a staff member go or yeah. a volunteer go, uh, that's when we think challenging. That that's always challenging on your team and and uh, on your momentum and so you know I, I think just off the top of my head just patience with the process um, and just you know and having to to walk through some some not so fun seasons with some young leaders is always a challenge because it takes so much out of you. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I think that's same 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 for me. It's the hardest thing is trying to figure out. I'm here to be a good leader. We have a vision to accomplish. Yeah. But someone's not uh, cooperating yeah. appropriately with that, trying to achieve that vision. It's bringing the team down. But then you look in the scripture and you're like, man, how did Jesus do it? Well, Jesus, Jesus kept Judas on his team yeah. for yeah. three and a half years. Yeah. But it was a pur- you know, it was a purpose. But it's always about, you know, what is the overarching purpose of and sometimes you gotta let people go because that is part of the purpose. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. for them even. No, um, you're right. Anyway, yeah, anyway. no, it's it's not fun, and it's always something. There, there's, yeah, it's, uh, and the Lord's brought us some amazing people along the way. When I think about our success here, or anything, I, dude, it's been a team. I, I think everything we do, this Jesus thing, Jesus showed it. Man, it's a team sport. Yeah, and so we've had some great people along the way that have helped us. Yeah, you know, and and with that, we've had some people along the way that that we've had to, you know, that they they couldn't be on the bus anymore. Yeah, and that's not fun and. But, uh, you know, but it's always a challenge and you have to accept that challenge. That's your role as a leader to, it's like, you know, Hey, what challenges have you faced? And there, there's some, we could list, you know, podcasts long, not long enough to, to list all of them, but, but your job as a leader is to face those challenges head on and yeah. see them as opportunities. Is, is there anything you look back on the nine years and maybe a mistake or, you know, what we might say a failure, but maybe you learn from and you like, man, I wish I would have done that differently, but I definitely learned something big right there. Is there anything like that? Yeah, I think there's a couple things. I, I think, uh, man, I am, uh, <laughs> I would be labeled, um, there's a few labels that people would give me, driven, um, you know, uh, intense. <laughs> there, there's, there's a few labels that, you know, I, I, would, I would even say that I'm, I'm an all or nothing type leader. With that style and drive, I've just, I've bumped into people along the way, you know, if you're driven, sometimes you run people over. And I think I, I, I think if you want to say a mistake or lessons learned was, and, and Scott and Mark helped me again, um, uh, cause they realized I was doing it. 
and and the the joy of having leaders that have gone before you. They've had seasons in their life. They've done it too. And so I think the biggest thing for me is that I've just you know learning to slow down, learning to guard my vocabulary, learning that not everyone's gonna be as passionate as me in certain areas that I'm passionate about. And you kind of you kind of get frustrated with people when they don't have the same passions as you. Yeah. I mean, all of us do that. Fine in relationships and everything else and you know talking sports with someone and you're like ah, you know like why aren't you as passionate as me about this and it's not their team and and so i think one of the things that i learned was just man I, I have to i have to love over lead and uh and it's been very hard and i there's even been times that i would text scott and mark after a, a meeting and just say hey how'd i do and because sometimes in in evaluation forums and i'm just i i the things i value I think everybody else should value. And I've just learned along the way that that's not the case. Yeah. But I shouldn't force that on them. I I have to lead. And, uh, and so, and, and I think the other thing, and it's, it's, it's very reflective, but I'm, I, I, the thing I look back on now is I wish I would just walked a little slower. Mm. Um, I wish I would have walked a little slower through the crowd. I'm very much on to the next thing. And, and that's with peer to peer relationships. It's with pastoral staff. Um, you know, guys that are on the team and different people at, at Oaks church that I think that, um, man, we have made an impact, but I think when I reflect back, I just know that, man, I, I just walked really fast in the crowd a lot to get to the next thing. But Jesus models so well that the ministry is actually in the crowd, um, yeah. and, and along the way. And so I think when I look, I just go, man, I wish I would have slowed down a little more. Um, and again, you know, love over lead. And, mm. and as I love, it helps me be a better leader. And I've learned, so I'll tell you, in nine years, I know that I've gotten better at that. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'm excited about in the next the next phase of leadership. Because I'll tell you, I'm, like, you know, I'm being way transparent here, but you know, I'm thankful Scott and Mark is like, they have been advocates of, you know, um, and really believe that, you know, hey, Joseph, like, dude, you have it in you. You should be a senior pastor, a church planner, or whatever that looks like. And, and I said to them, I said, man, I, I know that that eventually happened, but I still think there's things inside of me that I need to grow in. Because, you know, when you're the senior pastor, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And so there's certain things that I don't have to change. Because, hey, everybody changes to me. Um, now, we have a great leader that's, that's done that differently. He's been actually the, one of the biggest leaders of trying to become a better version of himself to, to make a greater impact. But I know that I could go and not have to change any things. But, but as I transition into the next phase of ministry for me, I'm going to have to continue to work on the things that I've been working on. Yeah. And it kind of excites me. You know, it, I'm nervous about it because I know that I've, you know, got my butt kicked along the way to just become a better version of myself. But at the same time, like I'm excited about continuing to be better. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this morning I was listening to a podcast and, and you mentioned Gen, Gen Z a few, <clears throat> a few weeks, um, minutes ago. And I'm, I'm pack, long podcast that we've talked about a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but anyway, this morning I was listening to it and they were talking about a Gen Z, the the average, and I don't even know if this is correct, but they were talking about the average time they spend per day between four and five hours on their on their device, and yeah. it could be anything from Netflix to YouTube to social media. And um, is it Gen Z? That's is that that junior high to is it is college thrown in there? Or what is it's, that? I don't know if we have a, a there is a bottom age, but yeah, it's it's. Um, it, I'm trying to think of the dates of when they were born, but it would be like. 21 and under about right now. okay yeah yeah so 20 so your young adults that are your young adults your your guys have just graduated high school for the last couple of years uh on down through junior high it's, yeah so 21 and younger yeah and so their their world 
they haven't known anything other seems like other than a cell yeah, cell phone know. type of world and and just trying to figure out how how the church is going to you know have a strategy for reaching students who are just totally engaged into their phone and, and their device and i know judas smith i don't know if you've seen his thing church home thing or whatever he's got that sort of an online church culture that he's trying to he's build with his thing but do you think that's the biggest challenge facing the church and reaching that particular generation is just dealing with their access to information yeah. all the time yeah i've been a part of it if you're if, if you're listening on the podcast is that man go to feed.bible um, it's been an initiative that, that I've had the opportunity to be a part of with um, our partner One Hope over the last four years, but it's, it's an initiative that's launched to help students engage in scripture, but also just man, how to effectively reach Generation Z. But I, I think the screens is a big deal, but it's funny. You have certain churches that are going to like the, hey, we're going to bring the church to your screen. And then there's certain churches that are like, hey, we're going to actually stop streaming because we know that you need like human to human contact. Yeah. You know, and so I think the church is in a in a very interesting world right now because you know even the statement they've called teenagers screenagers because it's all they've known. <laughs> and and you and I would you know we have teenagers we could say uh, we could say four hours, but I think it's even more than that in most average. Like we have now on our iPhones that show us how much screen time we've had. really. So you think it's more? Oh, 100%. I was. Uh, this seems like a lot, but okay. Yeah, four hours of like, yeah. No, I think it's way more. Just if you look and find, and again, you can look at your phone. Yeah. Um, you know, I know I I average I average over four a day easy. Okay. And so uh, it's all those those uh, Instagram stories. Well, where are you um, at on that whole question of hey, we should just shut off the streaming and or I mean, I think we need to be engaged in the space, but we need to be inviting them to to human uh, interaction. Yeah. Um. And so I think that we need to be inviting them into circles and inviting them into conversations and you just presence trumps um every time it wins every time uh even though we have the most connected generation of all time they're connected and and they're the most informed but at the same time we have like the highest depression you know among teens right. ever in our history um and so they are connected but they're isolated um we have you know the same thing as they they have more information than they've ever before, but it's one of the most biblically illiterate generations of all time. So it's such a, a <laughs> dynamic that we're having to deal with. Yeah. Um, that, that is interesting. I, I think the biggest thing is, is you're keep inviting them to the circles. I think the other thing too is because they have this device, you know, the thing that we've learned about Gen Z is they're publishers. It's actually an exciting time. Um, and 11 year old can have a, a YouTube channel that can reach millions. Yeah. Like you and I didn't have that opportunity. No way. You know what I'm saying if, if if it wasn't the friends we hung out with, that's all we knew, you know. And we grew up in a generation of pen pals, you know. You like some person that you know <laughs> in some other country that you can maybe write. But now I I have access. I could be DMing someone from Nairobi, Kenya, right now. Yeah. And so I have access to the world to impact the world. And because of this phone, and because of the access to you know even even laptops and things like that, the the thing that students have, um, like that they have the access to publish. The church is actually in a critical moment too. That if we don't give students a place at the table to help the church and to be a part of that publishing, they'll actually go publish somewhere else. Yeah. And so it's kind of this interesting thing is is that we have to like engage students somewhere. We have to be. I I believe as they scroll, we need to be a part of their scroll. So as they scroll, you need to be active in social media. The church has to be active. For me, I, I personally believe you need to be active. 
um, so that you're you're in their world. So when they scroll, that they they do there there is contact there. But then at the same time, you got to be inviting them to um, engage in conversations, and they want to help lead the conversation. So a big part of what we do in in, in youth ministry here with the catechism is it's we're asking questions and they're getting to talk. It's not just a uh, lecture forum. Yeah, and that's why I'm talking. You know, it's crazy because we're a part of you know higher education. But dude, a lot of people are saying even the model of higher education is changing rapidly. Yeah, where oh, yeah. a lot of students go, I don't need it, and and I could still make millions. Yeah, and I and so because there's it's changing. So to me, if the church doesn't adopt, you know, adopt the changes and and try to lead the changes, lead the narrative. Don't yeah, don't let culture good. lead it. For, and, and so it's like let us kind of be a part of it. Let's not sit and wait because I think we're in a critical time. But it's an exciting time that I, I believe this generation is it can be the future. And that's why I even love Oaks Church, because I think we're wrestling with these conversations. And when we're, you know, we're hiring some guys in our team, they're very young. And we have some, we even have students that, that have homeschooled, but they literally are almost staff members. You know, they're high school students that are, yeah. that are running around leading at a high level here at the church. And I think that's going to be more and more that, that the church needs to be in the field of, of helping um, you know, give a seat at the table for these students that are publishing. And then the access with the phone, man, I, there's so many great things. There's so many dangerous things. And on the parent front that parents have to be more engaged because the amount of training that goes in for a kid to drive a vehicle, why does all that training go in? Why does the parent ride with them? Why do they go to the school? Why do they have to? Yeah. Because ultimately they're driving a vehicle that could kill them. Yeah. So as a parent, I know for me, that's, I, you know, I'm a few years from it and so are you like, dude, I'm, I'm already getting nervous about it. My kids will be driving, <laughs> you know, you know, driving a car around. Yeah. And, and the thing is about that, I can do everything I can to prepare her. But the thing is she's driving that car around. I don't know how everybody else is driving. Are they driving under the influence? I, I can't, you know, you and I have been in this thing long enough that we've heard the stories and we've been a part of the tragedies and helping families through that. But the cell phone's the same way. I can do everything I can to train my student. First off, I need to take the time to do that, but I can't control everyone else that's on this thing, that's on the highway, you know, the ways of the internet. And so I think it's just so imperative for parents to be engaged. And again, I'll, you know, we're, I know we're talking youth ministry, life, leadership transition, but, but access.org is an unbelievable um, resource for parents. They get a, a weekly um, email called the culture translator and, and it helps you. What's yeah, this emo- very good. What's this emoji really mean? What, are, what are some of the apps? There's multiple apps app out there that are helping students hide images. And, and so, and parents, we, we can become naive really easy. Mm. And, uh, and I think the church should be helping equip, you know, um, equip students on how to use their phones. It's not just remove their phones, but how to use them. Um, and it's okay. I, you know, I get nervous, you know, our kids still don't have social media, because I just I, I want my kid to be secure in who they are in Christ, but before I give them a platform to to preview their insecurities. Yeah. And so it, it just it just makes me nervous sometimes um, in that. So anyway, I just went on a little rant. But no, that's good. Gen Z, man, I'm excited about Gen Z. Um, there's a book called Meet Gen Z that that I think everyone needs to read. But it's the idea that man, there's some scary things about it. But that's every generation. But to me, the church shouldn't be all like run for the hills and be afraid we should actually be figuring out ways to embrace yeah. them and, and invite them to the table yeah good awesome well i love you buddy love you too appreciate you coming on and helping us with all this stuff and helping us learn about transitions and your ministry has been incredible here and i know that uh 
It's in good hands. It Andrew, is. you guys have a great relationship, and yeah. he's a good guy, and we're really excited about the future and ex excited about where you're going. Yeah. Working with uh, Pastor Cooper, who's a great leader, and Pastor yeah. Scotty, and some incredible leaders. Yeah. So it's a cool full circle moment for us to, to move back to our home state. And to work, continue to work in next gen ministry and, and build the next generation of leaders. And and uh, Pastor Andrew, like you said, is going to do a great job. And the beauty of of transition in a healthy way is this is still home, and in the sense of I get to come back, um, and there's no weirdness. And we're already excited. You know, I'm coming back and helping with the, the conference that we host for youth pastors, and, the HYM conference. Yeah. Yep. And so it's like one of those things of we can have those conversations, and because it's not weird. Uh, and I get to come back and not feel like I'm in the way. That's great. And uh, and we've had to work at that. And to be honest, I've had to work at it because there's there's even moments, you know, the last couple of weeks where I'm like, I don't know if I'd do it that way. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, but I'm not. I have to allow these guys to lead. And yeah. And uh, and and again, it's it's like a I, the Lord's taught me this through this. And, and I know that we're wrapping up, but it's like it's one thing to raise the next generation, but it's another to release them. And as a parent, we raise our children. To live for the Lord, but around you know who knows. It's not just when they leave for college. I think it's really in Scripture. It's when they you know when they get married. It's like we raise them, but there's a moment. Why are we raising them? Is to release them, and so it's our responsibility not to just be raising them, but to release them. And that's tough, you know, as a as a parent. You're like, ah, I wouldn't do that that way. But you have to trust what you've taught them is going to remain in them. And, and mm. so that's the way I feel. So good with just all of our leaders that are here. And yeah, they're young, but man, they're 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 the right leaders i'm excited about the future of so good well thanks pastor joseph for coming on and we hope to talk to you soon awesome thanks. all right thanks buddy